0: Well, hey, welcome to ACC Talk. My name is Jarrell. My name is Dave. And I am Zoe. Hey, and today we have a fun... I wouldn't say... Well, it is going to bring out the best or worst in all of us, all right? So, well, we're live in front of other people, so hopefully the best. Yeah, hopefully the best. Well...
1: We're, or just if you're just trying to be transparent.
0: We are, we are asking for honesty, all right? So, So, back in college... I took an ethics class and they would ask us tons of different questions that were more than likely super unrealistic, was never going to happen, but they wanted to see how you would respond. And so what we're going to do right now, as you guys get on and you join us, is I'm going to pose some ethical questions to Dave and to Zoe and to yourself and to myself you, you don't get out of it
2: <laughs> and um, we
0: want you guys to answer in the comments on what you guys
2: would do and we're going to start off really simple today you guys ready also if my, my wife jumps on this she's going to be mad because I usually do not she enjoys questions like this and I just shut it down I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> my be like, yeah. why would you do it for them and not for me it's a good question <laughs> my lady
0: All right. So the very first question that I have for you guys is we're going to lower the amount. We're going to make it a little bit more tempting. All right. Okay. So you are walking out in public and there is no one around you. All right. And you find $2,000 in a nice little wad on the street. There's nobody to your left. There's nobody to your right. There's no one around you. Are you, A, turning it in, or B, keeping it for yourself?
2: Hmm. Okay. What are you guys doing? Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. Just start. Uh, I'll start. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to let the authorities know that I found something on this street, and that if someone comes and says, "Hey, I' lost this thing at this place." What I'll I'll give it back to them. How? I'm gonna hold it for a while. How long sure.
0: how long are you holding on to it?
2: I'm gonna give it a couple months.
0: Okay. What did I say? Two thousand dollars? Yes. Two thousand dollars. Okay.
1: Yeah. The number changes it for me. If it was higher, I think I think there would be some sort of like, ah, uh, someone probably needed that. But like 2k wait
2: wait a second if you lost two thousand dollars you didn't need it that's that's me <laughs>
1: <laughs> again the who loses just a wad of cash like how does it drop out of your pocket you would know that it's missing so in that regard they knew it was missing they didn't care so i'm gonna take it and i'll yeah. hang on to it and if if something comes up i won't i'm not gonna spend it right away like i'm not gonna be that guy i watched enough tv shows to know that like you spend the wrong person's money. Like, the, they're going to come around asking questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man. Yeah, like, you're definitely turning in, like, $500,000, a million dollars in a duffel bag. But, man, $2,000 on the street, that's enough money to be super tempting. I would say um, I'm probably going to pick it up,
2: and I'm going to Wait. I'm probably going to pick it up. Are you going to let the authorities know that you found something?
0: I don't know yet. (laughs) 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 It's so hard. It's really hard. It could have been someone's mortgage payment. It could have been, you know, maybe someone was going to pay their tuition. Like it's hard. Like that's where it's really hard. But yeah, I do think, I do think that that's a a fair thing to do to say, hey, I found something on this street around this time. You know, I'm not saying what it is,
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: but if somebody calls in to the lost and found, you know, whatever, then
2: like, I don't want to just give this to the government. Like if I found it, Yeah. but if the person who lost it is found, I would like to give it back to them.
0: So what are you guys doing? Are you guys keeping it? Are you turning it in? I know that there's probably some people on this chat right now that are taking it straight to the police station, turning it in, and then hoping for the best. Probably a better human being than us. Probably a little bit better than us. All right. So we're going to wade in just a little bit deeper. Now, Heather, Heather gave us an answer. I would keep it with me until I made sure it did not belong to anyone. Yes. Yes. So, Good. She's with us. All right. So question two, this one is actually way tougher, way more tempting and way tougher. There are two people, you and a complete stranger. You do not know who this person is. Both of you are innocent of a crime, but you have to choose who spends the next 10 years in jail. It is either going to be yourself or
2: the complete stranger. Well, you changed it. Last (laughs) time you asked this question, it was different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, This is pretty, it's pretty clear to me. I'm going to jail for
0: ten years. Both of you are innocent. Yeah. So you're taking you're taking you're You're going to
2: jail. (laughs)
1: Taking it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Now, like, the I want to give the idea and the thought that like, no, I didn't do it. Like, I know he didn't do it, but like, I got my wife. I got a wife. Like, does this dude have a wife? I don't know. But like, I could like, man, I couldn't get in good conscience. Like, I that that would tear me apart. Like, I would if. I don't know. Maybe I'd get over it like immediately be like oh no that's fine like just totally detach it, but I think for sure like it's going to come up at one point and then I'm going to feel so guilty and I'll never be able to to deal with that. So for me it's like I I'm I'm just going to have to go deal with it.
0: Is this 10 years in uh in Sweden <laughs> or is this uh <laughs> 10 years in San Quentin? I don't know like uh I would uh, say, like for me, it
2: doesn't matter where. Like, <laughs> there's
1: a
0: there's, there's a
2: right there's a right decision. Oh, this is clear. There's ooh. a right decision. Uh,
0: so I'm not, not saying that this is a this. I'm not saying there isn't a right and wrong decision, but I do promise you, if you're like you're spending ten years in San Quentin, I'm going to give this a lot more thought and, well, I and mean, meditative prayer.
2: This is why, <laughs> and this is why, like I'm not like a huge fan of questions like this Mm -hmm. is because I don't actually know what I would do in that situation. (laughs) Like when the rubber meets the road, like I don't, I just, I just know what I would like to say that I would do in that situation. Yes, yes,
0: absolutely. Oh my gosh. 10 years, 10 years is not a light burden in prison.
1: Well, and I feel like too, all of us are over 30. So that's like, If I was, like, in my early 20s or, like, 18, I feel like, oh, yeah, I'll be out when I'm 28. Like, yeah, that's my 20s. But, like, I'm like, man, like, this is like a – I'm a married adult. I mean – a significant amount of time.
0: I don't think you're considering, like, you're choosing for today. Like, today you're in prison and these first 10 years of Matilda's life.
2: Oh, I am aware. You you thought – you processed through that? I processed through that.
0: That's tough that's really tough
2: it is tough it is not an easy question but that's why they are ethics questions yes so what about you you guys are both innocent it's you and
0: a complete stranger you someone's going to jail you get to decide for 10 years it's either you or the stranger
2: ooh Heather Heather says maybe God wants us to minister to those in prison ooh that is nice that is nice It's good
0: Yeah, you're weighing on my conscience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I would like to say, in an air conditioned room, (laughs) sitting inside of a church, that I would choose myself. We'll see if that ever happens <laughs> what we will do.
2: Uh, let's, let's just go ahead and <laughs> praise God for the fact that we never actually yes. have to make that decision Jeez in real Lord. life. Oh, my goodness. i just going to cast that out before us.
0: Yes. Yeah. Hopefully that never happens. Well, hey, I love those sorts of different conversations. They can oftentimes be funny and also cause you to think. But today on ACC Talk, we are going to be talking about big faith. Mm -hmm. And so obviously um, in this time, it's going to require a whole lot of faith um, from us, um, not as just individuals, but as a church and as a nation and as a world. Um, So with all that being said, um, we just want to share some stories of big faith that have happened in our lives, uh, times where we needed big faith. And then we'd also love to hear from you guys, um, times where uh, you came to a point in your life where you knew that if God didn't come through, um, that you weren't going to make it. And so we would love to hear how God has come through in your life and really just take this time to be um, grateful for all that he's done. And so, yeah. So we're going to kick that out to you guys. Uh, What have been some big faith moments in your life? Zo, start with you, brother.
1: Yeah. um, There's two that come to mind for me. Um, One, before I got married, uh, I um, was going to a school in California. Um, and like, this was about a year and a half, two years maybe after I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. Like I was confident that this is like, this is my path. Like, this is what God has for me. And, um, so I went to school, like God had opened so many doors, made it happen. And it was, we were on the winter break and I remember, being the only one in our, like we had apartments on campus and like, there was eight of us to a room, but I was the only one that was there. Everyone had went home um, and like there was, for me there was almost no hope in sight that we're, I was going to be able to finish out the year just with financing. Cause it was just so expensive. Um, and, and so I remember distinctly talking to my dad and just saying like, I don't know, like I don't know what's going to happen. Like he made, like he worked it out this way, but like this isn't happening and, like I had to, for me, that was a big, that was a huge thing because this was the first time I had moved from home. Like this was granted, It was only two hours away, but like I'd never been on my own away from home. That was a big deal for me. And, uh and so like my, my response was, my dad was like, you, you have to worship through it. And so I just like legit, like just spent time just worshiping through it and like just trusting that God you're going to provide and you're going to take care of it. And he did. And I was able to finish out school. Um And, and I think the, on that, like, uh, almost similar when I was going, I was going to go back to school that fall and I was believing the same, like believing that God was going to do the same thing and it didn't happen. And I know why it didn't happen, but regardless of what the outcome would have been if I was there, like that didn't change my response to, I'm still going to have faith and believe and pray, um, because I know God's going to do something out of it. So that for me was like a I think a really big like shift in my, in my life and my perspective on what it means to actually like you're faced with like, it's either this was, again, this is a huge deal in my life. It's either, I either can pray through it and trust God through it, or I can just abandon and, you know, be done and then not see on the opposite side, what God could have done through that.
2: Well, I mean, that's a fun, that's a fun thing for you. I kind of know the end of that story a little bit, but I mean, even like God provided a way for you to stay, Mm-hmm. And then you had to have big faith because you couldn't go back mm-hmm. and what got what did God bring out of that? yeah, like having that faith to stay. How does that story end though
1: yeah um so uh I moved back moved back to reno um and i uh one the the biggest was i I met Alyssa before I moved um and because I went down there um because I moved back, I met Alyssa. Um, we got married when we were like, when we were dating at that same time, I was hired full-time on staff for the church that I was working at there. Um, and like that, that just projected me into, or projected me into where I am now. So like married, like doing exactly what I know God has called me to do. Um, and I know if I would have stayed there, like, I don't, I don't, my, it would look totally different. Um, so, so yeah, I'm married. I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing what God's telling me to do. And it's been, it's definitely, definitely, definitely worked out better than I could have hoped
2: it would have. Good. That's cool. Uh, for us, I think the, the most recent big faith moment that we had, I mean, part of moving to Texas was a big faith leap for us. Um, but I think an even bigger faith leap for us was moving to Florida, helped start a church because we were moving um, without income. Uh, without any guarantee of a job and how we were going to make things work. And the area that we moved to was very expensive. Um, Like more cost of living was significantly higher than it is here uh, where we're at. And so, but we really felt like God had called us. There were times where um, it did not feel like everything was working out the way that I wanted it to, um, the way that I was hoping that it would. Um, but like every time, every time we came down to the wire and felt like, uh, this isn't going to work, like we're not going to be able to, uh, take care of this bill. We're now done. Um, God just provided and what an incredible experience for us because we took that leap of faith, um, to really have an opportunity to, um, just believe and learn in a very real practical way who our provider is. Um, and to have gone into that experience out of, lo- out of being laid off and losing a job um, was pretty incredible for us. And so, yeah, moving to Florida was a big deal. Um, it was hard. It was difficult. And you, you hear big faith, and you think everything works out great. Like, God comes through at just the right moments, like you, but that's only a hindsight perspective mm-hmm. Like when you're in the midst of it, it's scary. Yeah. It's really hard to, to work through. It's really hard to figure things out, but um, I wouldn't be here if we hadn't done that. Um, I wouldn't, I, I learned some incredible things while we were there and wouldn't trade it, but it was definitely big faith and big scary uh, all at the same time taking that step.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, something you said just kind of sparked that that thought of, like, when you're in the middle of it, you don't even think that you're having big faith. You think <laughs> no. that you're just you're just really scared or you're really unsure. Yeah. It feels like big uncertainty. Um, but, you know, um, on the other side, you realize that, man, God did this amazing thing, and I think that's when you realize that your faith really did grow in that time mm-hmm. period, you know, when you're like, man, if God can do that really great thing, then, you know, you know, what else is he able to do? And so.
2: Yeah, and I think there was stuff that um, was planted in me in Florida, things that happened for us in Florida, things that I learned um, that I don't think another situation would have brought out of us. Yeah. I don't think a more comfortable situation would have made me engage who I was more. Mm -hmm. Like if I was comfortable, I would have just been like figuring stuff out. Um, But because of that uncomfortableness, like the growth that came in us and in our my marriage, our family, my kids, because of that. It's not something I would trade. If I knew everything that was going to happen, would I make the same decision? Uh, I mean, it gets back to those ethics questions. I don't know. Well, I'm like,
1: man, that's such, like, to, <clears throat> to me, that's one of, the, like, the most frustrating things. And obviously, I know it's for our good, but, man, it's just so frustrating that, like, <laughs> why can't I learn those things and not go through that super difficult season? Like, mm-hmm. and... And maybe it may not be the same for everyone, um, but I think we're all human, and to some degree, we all have this this level of comfort that we desire. And it's until we're forced out of that and put in a situation to where we can't rely on ourselves that we really get to see what God can do. But man, I just wish that like there's times I wish it would just it would come easy, and like I would just all of a sudden receive this knowledge of like, wow, look how big God is, and like now you have this faith. It just it just doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah. So I think for me, this is the, um, like God has obviously done amazing things in my life, but the, the times that I'm most impressed um, is actually in the faith of my wife. And I remember when we were dating, um, she was told from a very early age um, because of issues that she had with her reproductive system that like we weren't going to be able to have kids. And so even as we were dating, you know, she told she told me that. You know, doctors have told me that, um, but I know that God has told me that we're going to have a child. Like I'm going to be able to have a child. But I just want to let you know before we go any further, just in case you're like, no, I don't necessarily know if I want to marry someone that potentially might not be able to have kids. And so uh, the crazy part now is, you know, like people see our family now and they're like, oh, I you have so many kids, but God, like
2: God really answered your prayers. Yeah. So <laughs> like God was like, I'm going to answer it, yeah. and then. Five more times. (laughs) Yeah. So it's so crazy because
0: um, it's so easy in your life for two things. It's so easy to, um, A, see where somebody is right now and be like, well – you know, life is good for them, not realizing like the struggles that they've endured to get to this point. And then the second part, why I just love that we're doing this is it's even for you, easy for you to forget Mm -hmm. all the amazing things God has done if you don't take a a moment to sit down and reflect. So we definitely want to hear also just ways that God has been moving in your life um, and done some really big things. But for us, it's so crazy because We, uh, for three and a half years, you know, we probably bought 300 tests. I mean, uh, you know, there'd be a moment where she's like, oh, I I think I'm pregnant this time, we take a test, negative. And we probably did that in that first three and a half years. And we bought so many tests because we, uh, there was all these like false positives and like that. And so Mm -hmm. we'd become discouraged. And then we'd say, oh, well, we're not going to buy tests. And then we'd go a long time, and then we'd say, no, I think this is the time. And so um, I know that in that that season, it just felt like just tons and tons of discouragement. Um, But with all that being said, um, you know, like say three and a half years in, we have our first, we have our first kid. And to, uh, and then, this is the crazy piece, not even just long after that, you know, uh, because you know, kind of like with Abraham and Isaac, uh, where it's like, okay, good. You know, you have your blessing from the Lord. And and then it's like, okay, so we're good. Um, but that doesn't mean that like trouble, like, like you're not gonna face trials or anything like that. And so, uh, we miscarried on our second child. And so all that to say is, um, even though now that we have five kids, um, uh, like just to look back on that time period and just remember and try to put myself back in that place where we're just praying and we're just pleading with God and just how God responded in such an amazing way in our life has mm-hmm. just been really cool. Uh,
2: cool. You said something I think is really uh, cool, and some, I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. That sometimes that when God answers prayers, like we forget to take a moment and stop. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's because God doesn't always answer prayers like we think He's going to. Mm-hmm. And we don't keep track of it. And so something happens that's really great, but we forget to connect the dots and to stop and take a moment and say, oh, that's something that I prayed for. Mm. Um, and I think that's always a good practice that when something great happens in your life, like stop, take note, like did God, was this an answer to prayer? Did, he, did, he, did we pray this before and God answered it and it just didn't happen like the way that we thought it was going to? And so it could be easy to miss yeah it could be easy easy to miss that God really came through for you and keep track of that stuff Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good practice yeah uh, for us to build our faith to see the way things that God's already done for us
0: yeah I challenge you guys uh if uh people feel differently about journaling it doesn't have to be this whole elaborate thing where you're writing down every single prayer but man I just challenge you um for those bigger things in your life for you to write them down um and for them to be in a place that you're able to, to look back in six months, in a year, in three years, in four years, because there's stuff that I look back in in prayer journals that I'm like, wow, like I didn't even remember praying for that necessarily um, at that time.